There exists a mountain in the northern woods of California rumored to hide a great city beneath its peaks. It's host to an unusually high number of myths and legends spanning Native American folklore and reptilians, to UFO activity and inhabitants of technologically advanced human beings, and even a mystical brotherhood. With stories of secret tunnel entrances and intricate cave systems, polished walls featuring veinings of gold and silver, this mountain has been shrouded in mystery for centuries, igniting the imaginations of all who hear of its history, like a torch of curiosity that's been passed from generation to generation, desperately searching for answers that we may never receive. Today, we're gonna to be discussing just a few of the many legends surrounding California's Mount Shasta, and that is Freaky Deaky. It's going to be fun. Bruh. Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. You guys know where you're at. You're here every Thursday. This is what we do. This is your schedule as much as it is ours. Today, we're actually going to be talking about Mount Shasta and what I thought was going to be a one-part episode. However, the further I dove into it, the more I realized this is clearly going to be two, maybe even three parts. This mountain has so much mystery surrounding it so much lore so many legends and we're going to be touching on just a few of those kind of outlining a bit and then in parts two and maybe even three at some point throughout the season we'll kind of dive a little deeper into the actual subjects at hand and i know being from california myself christian you're from california as well you were probably aware of shasta yes i was like for my entire life i knew of of mount shasta i had no idea there was any kind of uh legend surrounding it did you okay so you knew of mount shasta but did you ever drink the soft drink shasta shasta cola yeah of course that's that was so what did I everyone thought. that went to any big birthday or any event <laughs> yeah. you know it was very uh you know friendly on the wallet yes. i believe that it's named for mount shasta yeah, i'm not 100 percent sure but that's that's what I imagined when that's all I thought Mount Shasta was known for a tasty beverage at a discount. Isn't it a volcano also? A it dormant? is indeed. Yeah, that's what I know it from. They from watching shows where they talked about the volcanic potential of it. I think maybe yeah. an old in search of did something on Mount Shasta. I'd, I might have to go back hmm. and watch it again. You should. And you can bring that for part two. Uh, I will. Um, yeah. After looking into some of the lore and stuff surrounding Mount Shasta, it's almost like I feel like we need to take a trip to California just to see Mount Shasta now, to be in that area. I believe it's Bigfoot area too. It is. Yeah, there's plenty of Bigfoot lore there. And there's a lot of hippies. So Heather, you'd be right. right there you go. <laughs> and it is pretty. I love, you know, yeah. Hippie culture. Good scenery, hippies and Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. I'm in. Oh yeah. All so right. I think, you know, when the podcast takes off, guys, we, we got to start marking down some of these locations we want to travel to. Shasta, probably not super expensive to travel to. Pacific Northwest. We've been over this yeah. one. Whitney, write that down for us. Put it on our calendar. All right. I got it. Yeah. Oh. Whitney's our producer. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Two. Whitney. Thanks, Whitney's. Whitney's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, sources for today's episode. Kind of. <laughs> Are you, already, are you okay? I was going to say calm and then I saw it was calm. So I was like, yeah. 
Sources from today's episode came from the usual suspects of Wikipedia and Reddit, as well as excerpts from Tom Lyons' Stay Out of the Woods, Volume 3. That's who I was talking about. It was kind of similar to Rusty Wilson. as that Tom Lyons. That's scarier. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Stay Out of the Woods, Volume 3, which is a great read and has some really spooky stories. Also did some forum hopping and found a couple of gems from the Above Top Secret Forum that kind of has a possible tie-in with the missing 411 angle, and even touch on a little something-something of the UFO variety from the Los Angeles Times, but we may not have time for that in Part 1. So that may be something that kind of carries over into Part 2 if you're looking for the UFO tie-in. As I mentioned earlier, Mount Shasta is ripe with legends and lore that could probably fill an entire season, let alone this one episode. So if we don't touch on a particular subject that you're fond of, be sure to send it into the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. And who knows, we may add it into part two at some point. While you're at it, be sure to swing by the socials and give us a follow to stay up to date on all things TFD, behind the scenes, sneak peeks, and images from the episodes, all that fun stuff. You know what it is. Find us at Freaky Deaky Pod on Instagram and Facebook and at TFD Paranormal on TikTok. And last but not least, be sure to subscribe to the Freaky Deaky YouTube channel for exclusive paranormal and unexplained shorts, clips from the episodes, and much, much more. Ironically, there will be no clips from this episode because our batteries died. Sorry, but just picture us. Or if you want, put on the episode on Spotify, pull up a YouTube video to get some views, and mute the YouTube video while we talk on yes. Spotify. I'm solving I'm solving all your problems, guys. You're welcome. All right. Uh, to kick things off, I'm going to read you an excerpt about Mount Shasta pulled from an article by Sarah Skulls for Slate to give you a rundown on Mount Shasta before we dive into some of the stories. Slate, huh? Slate. That's a classy publication. That it truly is. It truly, truly is. Poet and explorer Joaquin Miller more eloquently said, quote, Lonely as God and white as a winter moon, Mount Shasta starts up sudden and solitary from the heart of the great black forests of Northern California. Shasta measures 14,162 feet tall, which is impressive, but not anomalously so. The valley around it, however, lies just 3,600 feet above sea level, meaning the mountain rises more than 10,000 feet in front of your face. It stands alone. Perhaps because of its strangeness, this dormant volcano has been a sacred site for thousands of years, and continues to be so. Today the town at its base has a population of just 3,300, but has been home to more than 100 different spiritual sects and 29 New Age businesses. But why? What about Shasta Strum's people's supernatural strings? <laughs> The first recorded beliefs about the mountain come from five Native American tribes, the Shasta, the Modoc, the Wintu, the Astuweji, Astuweji, the Astuweji, that doesn't... Atsuweji. Oh, yeah, sorry, dyslexic folks. The Atsuweji and Klamath, who once inhabited the area. Some people believed all life began on Shasta. Others claimed reptilian creatures built cities in its interior. Others said that the god Skell had lowered himself from heaven to Shasta's summit to throw molten rocks at the spirit of the below world. I like that one. Yeah, it's a fun thought. In modern times, people believe that Bigfoot roamed Shasta's slopes. Others say that the eight-foot-tall descendants of the lost city of Atlantis live inside the mountain in a crystal-clear city named Telos. Others claim that UFOs refuel at the peak or that mountain inhabitants called Octavians use sound to manipulate reality. Ooh, that sounds fun. 
that sounds fun. This is like a whole mountain of right? fun, like, right? Literally, oh, damn. like everything that you could possibly think of. We thought the... Skinwalker Ranch was weird. <laughs> yeah. This is like, nope. This is the mountain. The mountain. Skinwalker Mountain. Probably Skinwalker's there too. We haven't looked into it, but I'm sure that happens. Skinwalker's everywhere, man. Oh, yeah. People claim that Shasta is flush with energy vortices, that it sits on a ley line like Stonehenge, and that it wields a magnetic power drawing people in and holding them emotionally captive. In Shasta's Woods, the founder of a movement called I Am, Guy Ballard, met an, quote, ascended master, a spiritual entity who considered Ballard a trained messenger and spoke through him. According to teachings, the ascended masters, who include Jesus himself, used to be regular people but underwent a series of progressively more awesome reincarnations. So what doesn't this mountain have, guys, honestly? I mean, we we touched on even giants are in there at this right. point. Like, And I didn't even mention giants. I mentioned eight feet tall people from Atlantis. But uh, there are, spoiler alert, giants as well. Like this, this literally is like a, a grab bag of everything you could possibly imagine in the paranormal world. Well, thrown giants into one. were at the Grand Canyon. Mount Shasta's not that far. True. And if aliens are going to be refueling, probably the giants handled the equipment. Yeah, that is true. So, Scott. Yes. When you started down this path of Mount Shasta. Yes. Where at first you're like, oh, this is cool. Hmm. And then you were like, all of a sudden, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. I figured as much. There's a lot to it. There is. Yeah. And that's that's what I was saying. There's no way. Mm -hmm. Like, I could cover this all in one episode, but we'd be here for hours, guys. And I really don't want to edit that. I would like to yeah. edit a few different Shasta episodes mm -hmm. over the course of the season, prob probably, and uh, spoon feed our listeners that way. Christian, you can take us down Lemuria if you'd like. All right. Lemuria. Yeah. I, I'm trying to get in my zone, man. There you go. The more in the zone I am, the less editing you have to deal with. Christian, get in the zone. Not a sponsor. I'm going to bleep that out. <laughs> it's just going to be the tagline. Get in the zone and then bleep out. Then you do, uh, <laughs> and then you bleep it out. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Mount Shasta has also been a focus for non-Native American legend. Centered on a hidden city called Telos of advanced beings from the lost continent of Lemuria. The legend grew from an offhand mention of Lemuria in the 1880s. In 1899, Frederick Spencer Oliver published A Dweller on Two Planets, which claimed that the survivors from a sunk, sunk the survivor, which claimed that so survivors, Jesus. You'll get there. Yeah. Which claimed that survivors from a sunken continent called Lemuria were living in or on Mount Shasta, Oliver's Lemurians lived in a complex of tunnels beneath the mountain and occasionally were seen walking the surface dressed in white robes. In 1931, Harvey Spencer Lewis used the pseudonym Visor Spenla Serva, wrote a book published by the Rosicrucians about the hidden Lemurians of Mount Shasta that a bibliography on Mount Shasta described as, quote, resemble for the legend's widespread popularity, unquote. This belief has been incorporated into numerous cult religions, including I Am, Activity, the Summit Lighthouse, Church Universal, and Triumphant, and Cryon. Is this source message to Eagle Reddit? Yes. Lemuria is the name of, of a legendary lost island that was located in the Indian and Pacific Ocean. The sacred island can be imagined as a triangular-shaped piece of land. In its center was Australia, 
its baseline was facing was faced toward Antarctica and the two other sides were parallel with the east coast of Africa and the west coast of South America. Unlike Atlantis, some believe that this was not a flood, but rather volcanic eruptions and subterranean fires which caused the end of the fabled island of Lemuria. The tradition also tells us that some of the Lemurian tribes escaped the cataclysm. Lemuria is also often referred to as Mu. The best known account about the mysterious Mu was presented by Colonel James Church Ward, a British occult writer, inventor, and engineer who devoted 50 years of his life trying to reveal the islands and ancient man's true history. Although his writings on Mu are considered to be pseudoscience, according to Church Ward, Mu extended, quote, extended from somewhere north of Hawaii to the south as far as the Fijis and Easter Island, unquote. He claimed Mu was the site of the Garden of Eden and the home of 64 million inhabitants, known as the Knuckles. Its civilization, which flourished 50,000 years before Churchward's day, was technologically more advanced than his own, and the ancient civilizations of India, Babylon, Persia, or Egypt, and the Mayas were merely the decayed remnants of its colonies. Churchward, Churchward, Church, Church Ward claimed to have gained his knowledge of this lost land after befriending an Indian priest who taught him to read an ancient dead language spoken by only three people in all of India. The priest disclosed the existence of several ancient tablets written by the Nakals, and Churchward gained access to these records after overcoming the priest's initial reluctance. His knowledge remained incomplete as the available tablets were mere fragments of a larger text. But Churchward claimed to have found verification and further information in the records of other ancient people. His writings attempt to describe the civilization of Mu, its history, inhabitants, and influence on subsequent history and civilization. Churchward claimed that the ancient Egyptian sun god Ra originated with the Mu. He claimed that Ra was the word which the Nakals used for sun, as well as their, their god and rulers. Interesting. Yeah. Have you heard of Mu or? Uh, and we should clarify, M-U, right? Like, I feel like every time I hear Mu, I just picture like a cow. Yeah, it probably could be said or a Mu, but I think it's yeah. Mu. I think it's Mu as well, but yeah, maybe we should say Mu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, no, I, I haven't actually heard of that before. It, the Lemurians before this? Um, I've heard a couple stories about Lemurians, but I had no idea what the origins were or anything like that. Like, I just thought, I thought honestly it was like a, a space alien race or something like that. Well, some people have said that that's what it is, similar to Atlantis, but it, it mm. is supposedly a story similar yeah. to Atlantis. Okay. And I don't remember if there's recent archaeological evidence or tectonic or whatever kind mm. of evidence that shows that there could have been a super, um, island or supercontinent in that region at some point yeah yeah very interesting stuff heather you want to read about count of saint germain and the and after that further into yep. jc brown according to guy ballard while hiking on mount shasta he encountered a man who introduced himself as count of saint germain who is said to have started ballard on the path to discovering the teachings that would become the i am activity religious movement and i have to um to, to hold you off there for a second i have to look into this more heather maybe you would know mm -hmm. um isn't the count of saint germain like also vampire lore i don't know didn't i want to say and if jeremy or anyone from belief hole is listening uh <laughs> i want to say belief hole talked about the the count of saint germain in one of their episodes 
hmm. for a while. Like, and it to me, like that's why when I read that, I was like, oh, Saint Germain, what? Maybe I'll write him. Yeah. Asking. Just be like, hey, is that vampire lore or some? There's something weird about that dude. And so yeah. I, when I saw it in the Shasta story, I was kind of like, oh, that's well, interesting. Well, let's like stick a pin in that, and yeah. for part two, we can make a trip back to that. There you go. Because that would be interesting. Yeah, because it's not like I mean, this was a very. It was like when a, I heard count, I was like, all right. Yeah. Vampire. Count Dracula. No. Yeah. Count Chocula. uh, I love the cereal. I mean, like this, this on the Count of St. Germain, like it's literally a paragraph. That's all we had on that. Like, was that little snippet. So, so that, but I know for sure hearing that name, I know Belief Hole did something on it for, I want to say it talked about the dude for a while. Yeah. All right. I'll see what I can find. Yeah. Definitely do that. But I, I I threw it in there just because it sounded so familiar and I wanted to come back to it at some point. Okay. Well, bringing us in to J.C. Brown. According to a legend, J.C. Brown was a British prospector who discovered a lost underground city beneath Mount Shasta in 1904. Brown had been hired by the Lord Cowdray Mining Company of England to prospect for gold. Cultured, white-haired, Brown was 79, said he had stumbled onto a hidden door on Mount Shasta while doing geological research. The door opened onto a tunnel. In spellbinding detail, Brown described descending 11 miles to what he called, quote, the village, and finding among its dwellings streets and ornate altars, 27 skeletons of beings up to 10 feet in height, an embalmed king and queen, and a fortune in gold, radium, and copper. Brown was supposed to lead the expedition, but on departure day, the boats, which had unbreakable Lumerian glass bottoms, Brown said, Brown did a royal Houdini. He was never heard from again. Reporters investigating found he wasn't who he said he was, but he never established Brown's true identity or why he'd run such an elaborate ruse. He never took a penny from anybody. According to an article by Michael Fitzgerald of recordnet.com, the belief is that J.C. Brown was in fact a retired mining engineer who worked for the Lord Cowdray Mining Company named John Benjamin Body or jb body so it's just like a big ruse like yeah made up this whole story made this story and was like that's kind of weird though too yeah like just stir in the pot back then yeah but for what reason like what people were just what does it bring or, you yeah like, most people wanted money before social it. media yeah. so they're just like i'm gonna make a wild story yeah i mean it could be that you know he was gonna get, try to get money out of people and then he's just like you know what like he felt bad or something he just didn't do it yeah yeah maybe i don't know um that leads I, us into. Well, did, did you have something to add to that? I have something to go back on. The count? Yeah, the count. Myths and legends and speculations about St. Germain be- began to be widespread in the late 19th and early 20th centuries and in- continue today. They include beliefs that he is an immortal, the wandering Jew, an alchemist with the elixir of life, a Rosicrucian, and that he prophesies the French Revolution. He is said to have met the forger Giuseppe Balsamos. His alias was Cagliostro in London and composer Rameau in Venice. Some groups honor St. Germain as a supernatural being called an ascended master. That's quite the, the Rolodex of shit. Holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's, he's, got, he's got like every title in the book. When they've used them in a ton of different like books, folk, folk, folk alts, Pendulum by Umberto Eco, which is a pretty famous book. The Outlander si- series, which is a time travel series. I found the I found the episode 
by Belief Hole. And it's season two, episode 14, Colonial Vampires, St. Germain, and Secret Societies. So if you are curious, if, if what Christian just read you about Count of St. Germain, if that jumps off the page at you, and it should because it's fascinating. It is. Uh, go and check out season two, episode 14 of Belief Hole. Those dudes did an excellent job and a, clearly a great enough job to where it stuck with me. And I forget just about everything I ever read or hear. So, no. so go check that out. Shout out to yeah, their the boys. episodes are always a deep dive. So that takes us into let's let's dive into a story. And this is from the the Tom Lyons Stay Out of the Woods, volume three. It was early in the morning when I began my day hike. I was doing one of the more moderate treks, so I expected to cross paths with more people. But since it was a cloudy day in late autumn, I suppose not as many hikers felt inclined to be out there at the time. Even though I was aware of the region's unique energy, I never would have expected to encounter intelligent beings other than humans. After walking along the trail for a couple of miles, an unmarked path caught my eye. Judging from the direction that it led, I presumed it would bring me to an extraordinary view. My brother was coming to visit me over the upcoming weeks, so I thought it would be cool to show him around some hidden gems. I had made it maybe a couple, or I had made it maybe a hundred yards or so when an odd noise caught my attention. It kind of sounded like a group of people were singing in an off-key harmony. I wondered if there was a small concert going on somewhere in the vicinity. The closer I got, the more evident it became that they were singing in a language that was unfamiliar to me. After trudging through a bit of foliage and ending up at a clearing that looked like it might be used for camping, my eyes finally landed on a group of six individuals. They wore light brown robes that looked as though they were made from some sort of animal fur. Their faces were mostly hidden under hoods comprised of the same material. One of the weirdest traits of these characters was how they appeared within the realm of seven feet tall. Why would a group of seven foot tall individuals gather and sing or chant with one another? That was when I began to suspect they weren't human. Soon after I spotted them, the harmony faded and the circle started rotating. That was when I noticed that these robed beings were levitating. Immediately, I got the impression that I was near a cult conducting some, some form of witchcraft or voodoo. Whatever they were doing, one thing was for sure. I wanted no part of it. I thought I had arrived at the scene undetected, but soon the rotating circle set off in my direction. Try to imagine a levitating merry-go-round suddenly bursting towards you. That's what this was like. The sight of it was so awkward and so frightening that I nearly crapped my pants. <laughs> nice. Without further hesitation, I booked it back toward the path that I had used to get there. I think that if, I, if it hadn't been for the dense population of trees to shield me from that circle of freaks, I would be a dead man. Nothing about that group felt friendly. They wanted me gone. As soon as I made it back to my car, I made the decision that I'd never go walking in those woods alone ever again. I remember thinking how it was no wonder that so many people go missing in the wilderness annually. Not only do you have bloodthirsty animals to worry about, you also have to keep an eye out for black magic utilizing cults. Unfortunately, there's no way I can say who or what that group was, but I suspect they were that or they were what many refer to as Lemurians, an ancient civilization from the lost land of Lemuria. It is a local legend that a long time ago, some of these beings found refuge inside Mount Shasta and have been residing there since. Some people believe them to be a peaceful race or species, but whatever I saw was nothing of the sort. I felt a terrible sensation up and down my whole body the very moment I spotted them. If you ever find yourself on a hike near Mount Shasta, California, 
do yourself a favor and bring a buddy. And even then, avoid approaching any harmonious chanting. Yeah, that's pretty spooky, right? You just see this levitating group of six, seven foot tall people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually I typically recommend, you know, having a friend yeah. when you're going in the woods, especially at nighttime. That's just weird. Yeah. But Calamarians are peaceful. You should be safe in the woods. Not with his fear of dread, he said. Yeah, he, the dude almost crapped his pants when that yeah. merry-go-round of horror that was coming uh, towards uh, him. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't see anything that said these people were menacing other than they were seven feet and this circle came at him. Maybe he was the menacing one perhaps yeah maybe they were Could like be. oh god remember that time we saw that dude yeah yeah right he almost stained our ceremony place Classic. it's funny how it goes to like black magic all the time when it's just maybe magic maybe just something we don't understand maybe but... just some people floating and chanting in the woods no right. harm no foul or maybe it's the mount shasta mushrooms that this guy imbibed on i don't think that was part of the story no. Yeah. You're trying to lead our listeners astray, Christian. And I don't think they appreciate it. Yeah. I apologize. Well, you want story number two? It's missing 401, Heather. Do you want to? Yeah. You can have that one. I don't I don't like missing 401. All right. Well, let's look at Christian being a wet blanket yeah. on missing 401. I happen to like them. So, yeah. Lost Child in Shasta Forest. Get a leash. Last what? fall. My... <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what did that mean? Keep your kids on a leash when you're in the forest. Oh, you said get a leash. I, I just heard like, get a leash. I was like, <laughs> my... did you have a stroke there? Yeah. Like, get what happened? Mm. All right. Last fall, my three and a half year old grandson was lost in the Shasta forest for five hours. Thanks to volunteers and rescue personnel, he was found. My son said, quote, he was here. Then within a second, he was gone. They thought he had been abducted by other campers. Trust me, the worst nightmare ever. About three weeks ago, after this happened, he was at my house, and out of the blue, he announced, quote, I don't like the other Grandma Kathy. His name for me, Grandma Kathy. I said, what are you talking about, buddy? I'm the only Grandma Kathy. He said, quote, don't you remember when I was lost in the woods? Well, the other Grandma Kathy grabbed me and took me into a creepy place. She's really a robot. I was thinking he was telling a story, and I asked, what about, what was creepy about it? And why do you think she was a robot? It was a cave with spiders, and there was purses and guns, and I was too scared, so I didn't touch anything. But when she climbed a ladder, the light made her look like a robot. There were other robots too, but they didn't move. So I asked, what did she do with you, buddy? She made me lay down to look at my tummy. Then she tried to get me to poop on a sticky paper, <laughs> but I couldn't go. Odd. Poop on the sticky paper, boy. She told me that I am from outer space and they put me in my mom's tummy. Then she took me back to the river and said to wait under the bush until someone found me. I called my son and asked, what the H are you letting my grandson watch on TV? And I told him what he said. He said that he told him the same story a few days ago, but chalked it up to having the smartest, most amazing kid with the biggest imagination ever. I'm grandma, so I, of course, have to agree. I know that kids have imaginations, but it was the pooping on sticky paper that really makes me wonder. I've never watched a TV program that mentioned pooping on sticky paper. <laughs> yeah, there were other details popular. too much to list. But one of the reasons I am bothered by this story is because I was camping in the same area the year before. I woke up one morning face down in the dirt out of my tent and sleeping bag. I had a puncture wound on the back of my hand. 
by my grandma in my 50s and I don't sleep in the dirt. I was violently ill, too sick to even pack and go home. I thought it was a spider bite. It took me a very long time to feel normal. I had no creativity, no emotions. My friend was camping with us. He was sleeping in his camper. He also had a bite on the back of his neck and he was violently, violently ill. We were in separate sleeping areas. Before we went to bed, there were red eyes shining through the trees in our flashlights. We thought a herd of deer were trying to get to the river, so we didn't think too much about it. But now I wonder. My friend is checking into wildlife cameras. He wants to go up and place them around the campground. One weird thing about this place is that there is no wildlife. The only birds we saw were two crows. They flew in, sat in a tree, and watched us. They were waiting for the Cheetos to fall in the dirt. At the time, we were creeped out by them. I camp a lot. Usually, there are butterflies, birds, squirrels, etc. This time, nothing. We didn't even see a bee. My son has forbidden to ask my grandson about the incident, because you can create a false memory by repetitive reminding. So for a year, I have not mentioned it to him. But he's four and a half now, and I asked him again about what happened. He repeated the same story, except he said she took him to a dungeon instead of a cave. Creepy. It'll be interesting to see if he has a memory of these events when he's about eight to nine years old. This was at McLeod, California. I think my question is, what is really going on in the national forests? Are they being closed off because there is a real threat living there? Are they being closed off because they are in a real threat living there? Are they being closed off and corridored and off limits to the public because something has taken over the woods? I wouldn't be questioning anything if our family would not have experienced unusual things in that forest. I think that last little bit was a bit dramatic. But the rest so? of the story was interesting. What, the, the, the grandma can't have thoughts and questions, Christian? What the hell? Uh, it's just, what is the government hiding from us in the forest? Why do people disappear to, when I there's mean, bears in the forest? To an extent, I kind of get Ways it, to die in the forest. Have you heard some of the theories behind like national forests and stuff? Yeah. Like that the cave system and stuff like that. Yeah, it's that, that, one's, also, that one's a stretch for me. Also, the I think, and I could be way off if I'm off, someone let me know. But uh, I feel like I've heard also that it's where they keep shit. It's like where they keep all these like secret creatures or whatever. They, they keep them in the national forests. That's why certain areas are locked off. That's why all this stuff is. I think it's just creepy because it's a forward forest. You don't need to have the government involved with. But the government Chirons. is involved. They're involved because it's their job to oversee that land. True. It is kind of funny how we take like anything where there's any kind of secrecy. Like, what are you guys doing back there? Huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's going on? We All right. Now we're catching some deer. Tomorrow's fish. Yeah. Yeah. That's a likely story, Uncle Sam. Likely story. You're not a big fan of missing 411 at all. Not at all. You just you think 100% of those stories are just people go missing in the forests. I don't know. If I would say 100%, but I'd say most of their stories are definitely that. Is there some reason that you don't, because it seems like you almost have like a vendetta against. It's not a vendetta. I've just seen enough where I feel like while the stories are very interesting and some of them may be true, I think yeah. the person running the show is maybe putting too much in there to where. Like overhyping it. Almost. Yeah. Overhyping stuff that there's nothing there that can actually be cross-checked to find out it's not true. Yeah. So then if there is which there, obviously there's going to be strange stuff in the forest. We talk about them all the time on here. Mm. By him manipulating certain stories to sound like a Missium 411 story, when that's a little bit of digging can show connections to something else, Yeah, that makes him not always look credible. Yeah. What, and, what, 
<laughs> might undermine the whole theory behind some of these things. Yeah. What about you, Heather? You you like missing? You've you've watched a couple of documentaries and stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, I just feel like the similarities between a lot of the cases when you have something that's commonly coming up, I don't see how you can't believe that. And I don't feel like they're making it up to make it fit in that kind of category, you know? Yeah. Did, you have, of, did you have one story, like one missing 401 that kind of stuck out to you that kind of made you be like, oh, maybe this is a real thing? The one when the guy could literally overlook the, um, the house. Where, yeah. Yeah. Can Do you remember much? Because I don't remember much about yeah, it, but I remember so being So it was um, a super skilled hunter. He was, I want to say like late 20s maybe early 30s like not super old or anything wasn't like he had any you know previous health concerns and he had food he had all the proper gear and they never found him but they found his bag and everything overlooking and they like tracked his like path and it happened where it went Hmm. and he ended up literally overlooking a a fence or like a or the overlooking a farm it's like a ranch or something yeah a ranch and so he could have easily made it to help but just didn't yeah it's like you're right there man (laughs) and like people were saying like like hunger starvation this but he had like granola bars in there and stuff Mm -hmm. like all the proper things to make a fire yeah like he was dressed properly but like i think they found clothes maybe starting along the way same thing to like support the common you know missing clothes yeah stuff there but it's like all these pieces that just didn't fit into place like there's no yeah logical reason why anyone would do the things that he did and yeah like maybe ate something bad how many people i mean if you're skilled like i mean i grew up here and like rule number one i know don't go eating anything i don't like skilled people die all the time out in the wilderness though (sighs) and and most of the time it's natural yeah that's what i'm saying and in this case i really i just don't feel like that's a good platform there are great stories on there and some of them may be true but some of them have been proven to be not quite what that person makes them out to yeah. be. But you should, you, I think that was yeah, a hunted, I guess like right? up here, yeah, like, but up here, even if say, like, we do have a lot of grizzlies and stuff, and I know like a lot of times, you know, you can walk in front of a mom and mauling can easily happen, but you find enough evidence to support and go, okay, that person was mauled. You can see the tracks, the wreckage, you know, blood, yeah. what have you. It's weird when you're having something disappear and no, no trace. What about the guy in the last few years here in, what well, was in Anchorage, I believe, on one of those marathons on the mountain, just disappeared. A lot of people around. Should have been no way for him to disappear like that. Mm. He was just gone off the trail, and they still haven't found him. Unresolved. Unresolved. It was an organized race, not too far from. I think I'm I'd love to sure know what his Anchorage. personal life was. Like, did he just ghost it and was like, "I'm just going to disappear"? Yeah. So like, this will be the perfect ploy for me to get out of town. Yeah. I mean, this guy disappeared. Start fresh. Yeah. Basically, in a forest. Because he was on a mountain and it was a well-organized kind of run up this mountain. Hmm. So you have watering stations, you're passing people. And somewhere in the middle of this race, he was just gone. And it was a short window, never showed up. They'd searched, you know, the area, couldn't figure out anything. He right. just Maybe vanished. it was the Bigfoot from that area because it's the right. Kenai Peninsula tying or, it back into last episode. Or he just fell off the mountain and they didn't find him, which is more likely. Was this like on a path that was very thin? I can't imagine they're running. Have you really seen the really course for Mount Marathon? It's yeah, pretty, I don't think it's, so. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it, up a mountain. It's not like it's groomed. It's yeah, it's, people fall and get hurt all the time. Ugh. Yeah, they have medics yeah. up there all mm-hmm. throughout the trap, the course. What a horrible idea. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot. It's total Alaska idea where mm-hmm. you're really against the elements. I grew up, a guy I grew one. up in, with a Cooper Landing. He's ran it a couple times and placed yeah. and like one. Yeah. 
Yeah, this was just a few years ago. He it's just a, disappeared. To me, it's a weird flex. Like, that sounds very dangerous. Why would you risk for running first? Yeah, for running? I mean, I don't get that. Yeah, yeah but good on the people. I want to drink whatever they drink in the morning to get up and have that motivation. That's what I want to know. I mean, if you were good at running, wouldn't the next challenge be, I'm going to run up that hill? No. The next yeah, challenge not, would be. Not you or me, but yeah. a runner. Yeah, maybe. I guess people do talk about this runner's high that people seem to get. I have had it before. Oh, yeah. It is a legitimate thing. Matt is freaky deaky. It is. Good night, everyone. No. All right, Christian, you want to lead us into story number three here? Story number three from Josh Aldana Music 417, year of 2020. Thank you. Very detailed. Very dark year. Things changed. I went on a little hiking trip with my dad to Shasta, California, a small town in Northern California near the Oregon border. Shasta is home to, potent, to a potentially active volcano named, of course, Mount Shasta. There are many trails on Mount Shasta, so my father and I were excited to do some hiking. We drove up the side of the mountain to the parking lot in which one of the trails begins. I believe it was called the Old Skibo Trail. The landscape was very barren, was a very barren incline filled with rocks, boulders, dirt, and very few trees. About an hour into the trail, we came across a very odd assembly of these large boulders. They were arranged in a circle. We thought it was strange, but we continued on. If you look at the pictures of the trail, you'll see much smaller rocks arranged in patterns and circles. My father and I only encountered three people. At least that's what they appeared to be at first. The first two were, fa were a father and son. We met them on a steep incline and went along the wall of the cliff that would then switch back as it reached the top of the cliff. We stopped and said hello, talked about the trail, and then we went our separate ways. Here's where it gets freaky deaky. I added that part in. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> Dad and I kept walking up the incline for just about two minutes. I turned around and I saw the father and son so far down the trail. It should have taken them at least 20 minutes to get down to where they were, but somehow they were in only about two minutes. To this day, I have absolutely no idea how that could have happened. There was no one else on the trail at that point, and I could see the color of their clothes from that distance, so I knew it was them. I pointed it out to my dad. We thought it was weird, but we didn't dwell on it, so we kept going. And here's where it gets so much weirder. <laughs> yeah, you're going to try to, you're trying to freaky deek that one up too. But yeah, I let it go. So much freakier deekier. Yeah. There you go. Could have been freakier, but. As we reached the top of the cliff, there was another strange rock arrangement that was off to the side of the trail. This time there were more rocks than before and they were now arranged in rows, almost like gravestones. Get out. <laughs> we continued on the trail and reached another sort of incline with a switchback to reach the top of, the, of another cliff. We reached a point where we would need climbing gear to continue, so we decided to head back. When we turned around, I saw a man standing among the rocks, staring at us. He was wearing a button-up shirt, cargo shorts, and a wide-brimmed straw hat. He was at a distance where I should have been able to make out his facial features, but it was almost as if he had none, like his face was just flesh and skin. I pointed him out to my dad, and then the man quickly ducked behind a boulder and was peering out at us over the top of the boulder. It seemed almost playful. Mm -mm. Like a child trying to hide. Not to me. That would not be like, oh, shit, mm -mm. what's the dude yeah. planning? Uh -uh. The child demon. That's right. Which I don't believe in. Yeah, but you will. I will. For a few moments, I was out of it, 
and I have no recollection of what was going on. According to my dad, I just started walking toward the man in the hat. My dad was calling to me, Joshua, Josh, what are you doing? Where are you going? And then I came to, I was standing right at the edge of the cliff. It was a huge drop, enough to kill me or seriously injure me. My dad grabbed me and pulled me back to the trail. He told me to stay put and my dad went down to the boulders to search for the man. But he wasn't there. There was nowhere for him to go except up or down the trail. It didn't make any sense. He just disappeared. I have no idea what was going on on that trail and I have no explanation for it. I've told this many times to family and friends and no one has an explanation. I've done research and found similar stories about encounters with a man with no facial facial features, with a man with no facial features wearing a hat. I've also read that the Native American tribes from the area viewed Mount Shasta as a holy site. They believe it could act as a portal to other dimensions and that it was guarded by spirits who would potentially harm anyone who tried to go up the volcano. If anyone has any similar experiences or any insights at all, we would love to hear. Yeah, that's the first thing that I think kind of jumps out at me about that story is why on earth is this weird entity wearing a button-up shirt and cargo shorts with a straw hat? Is that how humans dress in this thing's eyes? Maybe right. that's how somebody that's imitating a human would dress. Yeah, because that's that's kind of creepy. Just like uh, as soon as he makes or he looks and sees he like ducks behind his boulder. Like, so they're like, that. well, no. we saw that picture shared enough of the guy with the pitchfork. We got you know straw hats and overalls. Like yeah. here we go. That's the winner. Yeah. How, what do you feel about that story, Christian? Or I, what, what, how would you explain that story? Do you think it's just a creep on a mountain? It could be a creep on a mountain, but they're pretty sure that they would have seen him leave or go. I mean, yeah. time and memory is a strange thing, but some of this parts of the stories, almost like that man in the hat was kind of calling that kid to, right. you know, which we've talked about on Bigfoot episodes. And you'll see it. We'll, I've seen it enough times to know that this is going to be a, like a frequent topic on the pod. Well, yeah, let's tie as much together as we can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I've seen it in a lot of different stories where there's something strong. Yeah. yeah, that gets into their brain. And I think some people will tell you when they're like on the edge of a cliff, sometimes mm -hmm. they hear something talking to them. Really? So creepy. Yeah. It's like jump. calling them. Oh, yeah, I, I have that. Yeah, it it's like, weird, but yeah. so maybe yeah. it's something similar to that, which yeah. could just be our own brain. That's what I think. I, I think I have a really fucked up sense of humor. And I, I think it's <laughs> and so it's always just like, do it. No, I, I do really it. do think yeah. that that's just a, and I think there's science to back it up. That's a natural feeling then. But yeah. you, you we, talked about leashes for kids. Now I'm going to leash Scott if we go near cliffs. <laughs> like, no, I'm like worried. I'm concerned about no, I mean, you. And there's like, look, I think, uh, you know, Bill Burr, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think he has a joke about it. And when I heard this joke, I, I laughed so hard because it's something I do constantly. He, yeah. he jokes about like I know driving. which one you're talking about. Yeah. And when like, he's <laughs> like, you just talk about ending it and you're just like, yeah, do just it. Like, oh, come on, you wuss. Like, yeah. Just like three degrees and it's all over. Yep. Yeah. You know, I thought about, I think about that whenever I'm like on a bridge or something like that driving past. I'm like, all you gotta do is just a quick little twist to your wrist and there you go right off the edge. Yeah, but it's no. I do the same like, thing. I have like that. a sick sense of humor. Like if my kids are fighting in the car, like my husband, I'm like, I'm about to tuck and roll out of this car, <laughs> and he's just like, you, and I'm like, I'm not. Like I'm, I'm okay. I'm like, obviously, okay. I'm not yeah. really going to do that. Jeez, I love you yeah, all. It's... Gosh, but yeah. Can you all stop? No. It's it's really hard having a twisted sense of humor sometimes yeah. because people get genuinely concerned when yeah. you mention stuff, and you're like, I'm not. Well, that one right there, I think, is a normal thing that maybe not everybody will mention. 
mm-hmm. or admit to. Like, yeah, I yeah. think They're it's just normal, being twisted. But, yeah, but We're the not interesting thing about this story is that's that weird dressed man seemingly yeah. to com- or seeming to communicate with this kid in some way that his dad didn't even understand. Yeah, like, like his dad had to snap him out of it, and be like, "Dude, come on, yeah, let's go. <laughs> get with it." And that right there is almost more believable than a missing 411 story. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Because this guy had a straw hat. Yeah. And maybe there was no guy. Maybe it's just nature like, uh, it's time to claim one for our, our sacrifice. For, for Mount Shasta. Weren't volcanoes usually like a sacrificial spot back yeah, in the day Yeah, there's like uh, Pele as the. I was going to say, Christian's going to say something about energy or, no, you well, know. No, but that's the thing is know, Shasta like, does yeah. have like these these ley lines and yeah. stuff, you know. Ley lines, in quotes. I'm not saying ley lines in quotes. I didn't let the record show that. I'm saying ley lines in quote at this point. Heather, you remember when Brandon you brought up that um that theory about Bigfoots living in within a mountain <laughs> and all this their own secret society and what if it's totally true and Brandon's been like <laughs> yeah. probed by an alien and doesn't yeah. we don't know. Interesting. Well, there's also the uh, creation myths of some Native American tribes in that not right there, but in that part of the country believe that they lived underground for thousands of years. Is that the ant people? Uh, I think there's a, that's a separate one, but Mm. there's, there's, there are creation myths of people coming out of the mountains and underground from that area or near there. To answer your question, it's a fun story. I'm excited Mm. to dive in for episode two to this. Yeah. Part two. And, uh, look into that St. Germain a little bit. That would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Tie that in. And um, I know you have more UFO stuff to bring to the table on True, this topic. Yeah. So we have a lot of things we want to bring in yeah, we're for our second episode. Not going to be able to touch on the UFOs, but I think it might be fun. Like, Christian, would you be down to do part two of this? Yeah. Yeah. Like, would it, if I pass this to you, could you? Because you obviously know a little bit more about Mount Shasta than I do. I'm, And I think, Heather, you're yeah. fairly new to it as well. Yeah. Right? Like, both Heather and I are kind of like hearing this. I'm me hearing it for the second time, but with Heather probably yeah. for the first on most of yeah. this. Yeah. No, I but, never knew about this. So. Yeah. And you can reach out. You can actually. Yeah. I'll if you talk reach to Jeremy out, and yeah. see what I can find about you. Yeah. Because yeah, if we can find something, we can just tie that in, just like send it over to Christian or yeah. something that can include this little bit, or you can yeah. cover it in that episode. But I think we'll if, converse on this and give you a break so you can edit this episode and edit yeah yeah you know yeah. and scott asked the how i mentioned in search of earlier yeah as we we're reading through i think i got an image of what that episode was and it was all about like them preparing for a massive volcan- volcanic eruption so i'm gonna really i'm gonna that would go be, back to yeah, that dude, and you should and see yeah. if i can find something from that because i remember that as a kid in yeah. search of was like that creepy stuff that started me on this path to this podcast yeah because it made you think outside of the box about like all these crazy things it it paved the way for you yeah yeah bigfoot all that stuff so yeah i think i think it'd be really interesting because i'd be interested to see what you pull up for for shasta and shasta lore and stuff like that like i was really hoping we'd be able to touch on some of the ufo stuff today but i got a anniversary dinner to get to i I gotta be at uh it's china and i've been together for five years today i think Officially yeah. five years today. We've been nice. talking for a while. So. My daughter is just an amazing person. She can put up she's with a, anybody. She's a lucky, she's a lucky <laughs> gal. Yeah. 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 She's a lucky gal for sure. She gets, she gets she that gets off from her dad. Yes. Yeah. 
You think so? You think she oh, hits it all for you? I, all the good things. Uh, yeah. all, oh, all the good things. You all the the hectic stuff is from her mom. Is no, is no, no. Yeah. I don't want to say that. Her mom's. She's got all. Is she all listening? These great things from to... her mom. Yeah. Too. So yeah, I mean, nice, just a nice joke. recovery. Yeah. Very yeah. good recovery. Yeah. So unfortunately, we can't dive too deep in this episode, but yeah. I did want to get started because. I've wanted to do this one for a while and it's something that I was like, I got to keep looking. I got to look into that at some point. I got to look into that. And then I finally did. And I'm like, oh, like shit. I, I should have looked into this a long time ago. When you mention but, it, I'm like, I know something about math, Mount Shasta. It's not coming to me now. But the minute he starts talking, I'll remember because yeah. it was it was in my brain somewhere. Well, there you go. Now that you got a fresh start, you should. The next episode you work on should be Mount Shasta part two. And we may even get to part, part three or something like that throughout the, the season. But for now, I think that that concludes, guys. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed that. I hope you learned a little something, something about Mount Shasta, more than just a beverage. Yeah. Well, also, we have friends or, you know, our, our listeners and a lot of them are our friends in California. True. What are your stories about Mount, Mount Shasta? There you go. What yeah. do you know about this? Mm -hmm. yeah. Skull Mountain. True. So, so yeah, that concludes. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We will see you right back here next week. If you have any stories, again, send them to the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. Find us on the socials. You know what they are. We tell you constantly, do it. Make us proud. Hit us up on the DMs. We love hearing from you guys. We will see you next week. Have a great Thursday. Goodbye. You guys ever, um, I feel like Christian would have watched this in the